Welcome to Talking Agility, a podcast from Accenture. Your host is Elitza Nacheva. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Talking Agility. Today, we're going to talk about one of the most important, but also most challenging aspects of enterprise agility, which actually also happens to be a favorite topic of mine, culture change. We will look into how to build a culture based on agile ways of working and mindsets led by leadership by example. I'm really looking forward to today's discussion with Sama Babu, who is the Head of Operations Transformation at Manulife in Asia. She has been in financial services for the last 17 years, of which 14 spent in Australia and reaching her third year at Manulife. She shares my passion for challenging the status quo when it comes to agile ways of working and change management, so I hope you enjoy our conversation. Sama joins me from Hong Kong. Hi, Sama, and welcome to Talking Agility. It's a pleasure having you join me for a conversation today. I'd like to kick off our interview by reflecting on your career. So my first question is that you've had quite a journey with Manulife, and perhaps you could start telling us a little bit about your work there. Sure. Thanks for this. Uh, it has been quite a journey, only three years, but it's felt like a lifetime with Manulife, that is. But I've been in, in the industry for, for 17 years and I started working with Manulife in, in 2016 uh, where I joined their, their Vietnam uh, market um, to drive, you know, some, some transformation in regards to their uh, new business and underwriting process, focusing on digital transformation in that space. And I, I started off there, obviously, using different uh, frameworks, lean, uh, lean and agile, which was very unknown to the organisation um, mm-hmm. and I was really bringing in something new in regards to not just what we were doing but how we were doing it. Uh, and then I moved from there and I, I worked with the Hong Kong business closely uh, shortly after, a few months after. Uh, the reason why we did that is obviously there were some early successes that were shown through new ways of working and, and the transformation that we were doing. Um, for Vietnam. So I started doing that for the Hong Kong business and then moved into a, uh, a more permanent uh, role as the head of business transformation office uh, for Manulife Hong Kong. And that's where we started to pioneer, you know, a more organisational shift in regards to the ways of working. And the Hong Kong business was the trailblazers on the digital transformation journey for Manulife Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh, following the success of the new ways of working in the Hong Kong business, uh, in April last year, I moved to my current uh, regional head of transformation for Asia, where I've taken the lessons learned from Hong Kong and started scaling the model across in the markets in Asia uh, to progress towards our bold ambition to be the most digital customer-centric global company in our industry. So it's been quite a journey and I've had a lot of fun along the way. Oh, wow. That is actually really interesting and really a fascinating career and a fascinating journey. And I'm just myself just taking um, the scaled agile framework training safe. And in the aspect of scaling a model, it's super interesting to me, especially what you said uh, just now, not just the what, 
but also how you're doing it. So that's um, really, really interesting. So thank you for mentioning that and walking us through your career journey. Now, on to my second question. Um, Manulife recently worked with Accenture to kick off your transformation. Would you mind sharing what that work entailed and what the results have been so far? Our, our programs were piloted in the Hong Kong business where I actually worked closely with some of the Accenture guys and, and a few other markets, Japan, Singapore and the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of preparing us for scaling agile across Asia. So we've got we've got you know over over thirty projects completed under the agile training. We've got over a thousand people who've received agile training, and we've kind of battle tested approach for agile transformation, uh, along with the right assets to scale, coaching and collaborations to new teams and new countries, uh, the resources needed uh, to drive a flexible customer centric organization. Of course, Manulife's mission is to make decisions made easier, lives made better, and this is one way of actually doing it. Oh, brilliant. Um, You touched on also a few challenges to scaling, um, including the culture element before. Would you mind elaborating on the various ways you observed and what surprised you as well? Sure. I mean, coming from and spending the majority of my career in Australia, I was quite surprised when I came to uh, you know, this side of the world and found that we were, especially in our industry, quite behind in regards to transformation or even new ways of working. And they were all still buzzwords. So everybody uses them still till today. But, you know, you, you really ask the question of, are you really doing it? That 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 surprised me quite a bit. And the, the fact that there's also that whole I'd been in the Hong Kong business for 18 months and they were, they were using, you know, a, a Wagile, I like to call it, which is a combo of a waterfall and agile delivery. Um, and there was, you know, there's, there's, there was no such thing as kind of cross-functional squads or the mindset that really sits behind it. So I kind of feel, felt like you needed to take a risk in calling out, you know, we're agile unless we're not. There, there yeah. shouldn't be kind of, there is, there is a transition period. I'm conscious of that, but it was, it shocked me and surprised me that, you know, we were still behind in ways of working, still behind in regards to digital transformation. And then there was nobody kind of really taking that bold step forward to make changes uh, that we needed to. And, and I mean by on-the-ground leadership to do that. Yeah, so I, I, I was I was quite bold and, and took an experiment on, on starting to, I guess, incubate these new ways of working and really focusing on driving value for our customers in a safe environment and I don't mean by scale agile framework at enterprise it was creating and protecting uh, and empowering and enabling people to be able to do things differently and and to really show the organization some points of success that this can really work for our organization and we can really differentiate ourselves if we bring it together and really focus on what we really you know walk the talk is what I like to say yes yes and I mean, that is so interesting. I don't think we've had an example like this before on the podcast. If I may follow up from this, um, from what you just said, did you find that what was kind of the turning point? What was the point in time where you noticed that actually people's mindsets were starting to change and they were starting to realize that actually agile ways of working can reap off great rewards at the end? Was it kind of them seeing the success and the evidence that it can work or was it kind of the coaching that you helped them with? Kind of 
it's so fast so interesting to to just understand what what was kind of that light bulb moment for people given the cultural differences that you faced at the beginning yeah i mean i think different levels of the organization need to see different things to believe and that was one thing i was conscious of so one thing was uh they obviously especially our executive leadership team they want to see success through facts yeah. and i get that so some of the facts were around obviously what we were delivering in regards to value um for customers cost and mm-hmm. even employee engagement um and, and driving that high performing teams yeah the other thing i think that people saw that was different was that on the ground leadership and i'm not i'm not saying it's just my style in really challenging status quo i was very transparent and vocal on my own failures mm-hmm. um and my team which was not very common yeah. um and i started to show them that we had to change as as an organization from a m- mindset and culture perspective remove silos yeah. collaborate more and not be afraid to challenge status quo and i i think that coaching of me setting the example mm-hmm. really helped everybody else to kind of uh, come along on the journey and, and join Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always I always like to say that uh being agile is actually sometimes more important than doing agile because you can have all the methodologies, all the agile coaches, all the setup, but if the mindset and the values and uh the principles of agile and what you can bring to the organization are not understood and um demonstrated by leadership as you said um walking the talk um it sometimes may not work so that is a really fascinating story how you've actually amalgamated the two and you've made it work now i've heard you speak about the role of leadership in transformation and that is certainly has been echoed by other guests that we've had on the podcast before would you share with our listeners why leadership is so important when it comes to speed and scaling agility you kind of hinted it in the previous response but um it's one topic that i really like to explore with our guests for me that's uh, uh where where it's like a your make or break uh leader leadership it's in the it's in the name itself they lead by example mm-hmm. and when people kind of can see that the leadership for example aren't or don't have one approach to how we're going to execute on a strategy or believe in a new way of working it, it cascades down for me it's kind of you can hear the passion in their voice or not and you saw it i saw a transformation in leadership it's like its own transformation within the transformation oh yeah and and that's right and and that's why i always say transformation is a is change management on steroids and I, I, um, it's all about everyone in the organization going through coaching changing learning and and being able to share those success stories every individual from leadership down needs to change and that's why people think that naturally leaders are change agents change ambassadors mm-hmm. but it's actually the hardest layer to get through in the first layer you need to tackle if you really want a successful transformation because people follow what they see and the only thing they see is leaders completely completely i completely um agree couldn't agree more actually and um we are working i'm working on a um a piece of work i thought leadership around the core values of agility and actually leadership is 
just the core one, which we say if leadership is not on board and if leadership, as you say, is not having that open mind and not a change agent themselves, then there wouldn't be transparency and employees are not going to feel empowered. And then as a result of that, there is not going to be collaboration. So it's kind of like the domino effect in a way. So it's it really is at the core, as you say, to um, to the whole transformation. That's right. And just one last thing. I mean it with all all due respect to the all the senior leaders in our organization, but people tend to forget they they've been working probably in that role for a long time. Mm-hmm. They've been used to a day-to-day activity and and they it's not a bad thing. Um that's not what I'm saying, but people tend to think that naturally these people will just drive transformation, but it's not always the case. Mm. Uh, and that's why that leadership layer is so important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm almost tempted to ask, how do you coach a leader to be more agile when they have been in the job for 30 years? But I don't know if that's something that you can disclose with us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there is specific tactics, I like to call them, uh, where obviously you don't want to uh, insult them like you're teaching them something. No, mm. it's taking them on the journey with you. And you, mm-hmm. there were specific things I do like – for example, I would I would regularly meet with with all the GMs that I work with, and it wasn't schooling them or educating them. They they educate me, mm-hmm. but it was me getting them to understand the role that they play and how this new way of working changes their ways of working. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and and other things like taking them out of the environment of a boardroom and getting them to really really see what we were doing mm-hmm. through things like Saturday brunches and. So it's it's getting creative and people yeah. are often scared to do that because they're scared to, oh, my God, no one's going to like Sam because Sam's making me do things, you know, on a Saturday. But at the end of the day, we have a common goal and I think deep down inside, then on the Saturday, they might not know why I'm doing it, but later on they'll thank me for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They will they will realise why. I mean, that that is just so important and, and certainly quite difficult to do, especially in the culture that you have been one that is usually not accustomed to that type of uh, coaching, I would assume. Um, So that's such an incredible uh, transformation story. This is Talking Agility. Send us your feedback at Accenture.com slash Talking Agility, where you can also find previous episodes from season one and content exploring enterprise agility. I always like to ask our guests about their key takeaways or lessons learned so that we can provide a bit more practical guide to our listeners. So what would you say are your big lessons learned? Yeah, I mean, I have I have um, five that I continuously take with me as I lift mm-hmm. and shift this to the markets. Obviously, there's five key ones that I always have. The, the one that we just spoke about, so the leadership sponsorship, getting them to understand, align and visibly endorse you know, the case for change and why we're doing this is critical. And one of my lessons learned from previous roles, obviously, not just um, money life. The other one is capabilities. Um, when you're changing the ways of working, it comes with a new set of capabilities. Um, and people are often afraid to learn, learn or, or, or I guess, step into the uncertainty, the ambiguity that it brings. Yeah. So handpicking the right change leaders um, and, and people to drive this transformation that have mindset capabilities uh, 
to drive this forward is, is again, another key lesson learned. The third one is around prioritisation. Um, transformation is, uh, you know, changing the organisation, not just, you know, a new project or program. So I think one thing that I've learned along the way is it gets kind of lumped onto people and portfolios and and people can't manage and then they lose focus and mm-hmm. it becomes in the too hard to do basket. So prioritise and identify the, the, the opportunities to get the, the the squads, the people working in this new way of working, the time and effort to focus and learn. Mm. The, the next one is around establishing a, you know, a performance monitoring system and that's to ensure alignment and ownership of objectives so people know what they're accountable for, they're clear, committed to specific targets and what they're doing uh, in regards to progressing this uh, transformation because often all of the leadership and and or business units are involved in such a big change. So, so letting them understand what they're accountable for and always revisiting that is actually uh, a key lesson learned. Yeah. And the last and most important and near and dear to my heart is investing in change management activities. When I said change management, when I first like came on board, everyone thought, oh, yeah, we've got a communications team. And um, <laughs> I, oft- I often laugh because I'm like, it's more than that, guys. Uh, so really investing in that capability and activities around those capabilities that we need. So risk mitigation, communications, coaching, um, I mean, it was foreign to them when I said, you know, uh, we need change temperature checks. And, and that's actually understanding which part of the business is, has got change fatigue and why. And that mm, way you yeah. can actually drive your change effectively. So that's all, that's for me the five key lessons learned to really focus on when you're starting to, I guess, you know, dip your toe into transformation and ensuring that you set it up for success. That is that is really interesting. So just to, again, to summarize them to our listeners, so we've got the leadership sponsorship at the core of everything. We've got the capabilities in handpicking your change leaders, the importance of prioritization when you start off, establishing the performance monitoring system and the KPIs, and then investing in change management activities at the start, but also throughout. And what would you say have been some uh, main blockers that you've, you've seen along the way I know you mentioned some during our conversation but reflecting on what would be the three main ones yeah I mean uh, the three main ones is around focusing on trust and, and letting l- learning to let go mm-hmm. um, especially with the agile ways of working like I said a lot of uncertainty ambiguity so it really comes down to trust and I might sound crazy to a lot of people in in financial services but I think that's that's a main blocker, you know, when you when you're moving towards your new ways of working. Another one is uh, governance. So uh, adapting and changing how we look at things, how we plan, how we prioritize. Uh, you know, we're quite traditional in that way, and most people are. I, I'd encourage organisations to to challenge that. And um, the last one is uh, risk and finance. I say risk and finance. It's bringing them on board to be fair from the beginning. They always mm. get forgotten. And it's so important, especially with, with, for example, agile ways of working. We're changing the way we might do funding. We have, you know, we're moving away from project by project to run rates. Um, mm-hmm. Another another example is how do we manage risk in an agile way of working? Uh, so bringing them on board from the beginning, not at the end, uh, I yeah. think is, is some of the things that might create a blocker for you later on. 
Yeah, I mean, these ones are really kind of recurring ones that we see as well in our work on a day-to-day basis. And actually on the trust uh, component, we have had a piece of work um, or a, a point of view, which is around the psychological safety and trust, really kind of establishing that without psychological safety, um, the empowerment element will not um, be available to employees because at the end of the day, if they don't feel comfortable and safe in the environment that they are operating, they will never feel empowered. And it kind of all comes back to that leadership element. And on the governance aspect, oftentimes, one of the myths actually that I come across is that when you're doing agile, there isn't really any governance, but it's actually quite the opposite. And it's just the right governance, not just governance for the sake of governance. I'm really glad you mentioned that. And on the risk and finance bit, um, another um, work or piece of thinking that we've done is around the um, enterprise agility kind of being seen as a strategic imperative and risk and finance and risk and governance are, and um, risk and investment are, is one of the things that is a key component that needs to be get right at the beginning and as you say kind of bring them along the journey and interestingly enough um, we had an episode where um, the head of a risk function was actually saying how risk is actually leading the way when it comes to um, the agile transformation so really bringing them along the journey can be really really powerful so thank you very much for summarizing these three main blockers no it's okay and look to, to be fair I think you know, it's been such an exciting journey working and doing this at Manulife. Um, I've obviously been given a lot of trust to be able to challenge and change and drive this through. Um, and I think, I think you know, uh, I've seen such a shift and we're on the right journey and, and I'm looking forward to, you know, what 2020 will bring, uh, you know, for this. So exciting. That is indeed very, very exciting. Well, with that... Um... It's, this was my last question, but just in case, I wanted to open the floor to you. If there is anything else that you'd like to share or mention to our listeners that we haven't touched on, that would be really appreciated. Yeah, I mean, uh, no, the only thing I'll probably leave behind, and I, I sound maybe too excited about it, but don't give up. That's the only thing I'll say is if you're, if you're driving transformation for your organization, I think there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Don't give up. There's hard days. There's good days. Um but at the end, I think if you if you really believe in it and you've got the support you need, uh, just keep pushing through. There's there's a lot of us out there, so yeah. <laughs> well, there we go. That's a great ending to a great conversation. Lots of takeaways into this um, interview. So thank you so much for sharing your lessons learned, your blockers the journey that you have been on and kind of really hopefully we have inspired some people along the way you certainly have inspired me so thank you very much for this conversation thank you very much for having me on i know i certainly love this conversation the insights and practical lessons learned samo shared and i hope you did as well to read more about manulife's agile transformation Visit Accenture.com forward slash Talking Agility, where you also find my blog post with my key takeaways from today's conversation. You will also come across links to our research and more episodes from season one there. What topics would you like to hear us discuss in the next podcast episodes? Please let us know by leaving a comment or getting in touch with me through our website. Thank you for tuning in and listening to today's conversation on culture change. 
I hope to talk to you soon. You've been listening to Talking Agility with host Elitsa Nacheva. To find more great episodes, visit Accenture.com slash Talking Agility.